0: You are listening to KG KC on SFM.
1: 27 minutes past nine now, we're profiling researcher, content producer, policy academic, uh, MSG, Africa's commercial and stakeholder relations manager. Uh, Oh, she works for Given Curry. She's also a thought leader and contributor for equality, diversity, and inclusion training and the Cohesion Collective. Uh, And uh, she delves a lot into the issues of organizational culture change, transformation, and other nuanced lived experiences of major members of society within the institutions she works for uh, is the Tuesday profile good evening thank you so much big profile mixed bag of goodies in uh, your profile tell us about yourself and uh, your background welcome
0: good evening KG and thank you so much for the opportunity um, are you well I am well
1: thank you uh, <laughs> What what uh what don't you do? I mean, uh, you know, uh, tell us about yourself, your background, where you from. Uh, what picked your interest as a child, for example?
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for actually uh, the last point around childhood, uh, because you know, obviously, you know, your CV kind of reads like you do all these things at the same time. Uh, But it's just, you know, all these dots connecting that kind of bring you to this aha moment where everything kind of intersects in a way that makes some sort of um, sense and brings meaning to your body of work. Mm. Um, So just from a childhood perspective, KG, um, I grew up in an educational system and in a school that encouraged being an Mm -hmm. all-rounder. It was a big part of how um, you were um, assessed um as somebody who would be fit to go out into the world and you know do something quite meaningful with your life mm. so we, we i went to a school a girls' school in east london i'm um, clarendon girls where you would uh, be expected to play a sport you would be ex- expected to participate in a cultural activity this could be the dramatic arts this could be uh, playing an instrument this could be being in a choir um, then you would find that your academics would also be tested or measured against um, those cultural and sports activities to see just how well-rounded you were, because I think the idea there was exactly what the world is and is that you've got to be agile and you've got to be able to, you know, kind of thrive in different environments, but also to cultivate a variety and diverse uh, a set of skills to be somebody who really stands out uh, amongst the rest.
1: Yeah, but in truth, as individuals, there's things that will stand out in terms of uh, grabbing our attention and our interest. And those things, most times, if we're lucky, show themselves to us uh, when we're young. So what were those things for you?
0: Um, It definitely was storytelling. Um, I think, you know, I was... uh a child that was at home most of the time, um, and TV and magazines and radio uh, were my form of entertainment. That's what the adults were entertaining themselves with. So I would sit there and watch, you know, a top billing with my mother, and I'd see worlds and places that I'd never been to, and that would kind of trigger some sort of you know, imagination in me about the world beyond my spatial confines. Um, the magazines, even before I could even read what the words were, but you would paste through the pictures and, you know, you could kind of, you know, shape some sort of a reality or picture or story for yourself. Mm. And radio as well, I mean, it's the theater of the mind. You know, it, um, I mean, it transported me to many places and I just felt so connected to the world and it, it really spoke to me personally. And that's the beauty of radio as a medium. It's so intimate. It's like you're. Your friend on the other side of the airwaves. Mm. So definitely, I think the storyteller in me was um, uh, informed by you know those kind of exposures.
1: Yeah, and then how do you end up uh, with a mental uh, wellness software app? How did that part of your existence come about? It comes.
0: From my own um, history with mental illness,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, I was diagnosed with clinical depression early on in my uh, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, when I, when I trace it back, I mean, I, I trace it back to my childhood um, that I was one of those sad kids. Um, and, and and it, it really it, it didn't have so much to do with experiences yes maybe there were some experiences that could have triggered something in me but I think you know depression is something so complex because it's clinical it's a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. um, it's just a, a wiring in your head and of course experiences and memories um, can also you know kind of contribute to it but definitely it was my own journey and just seeking healing and always trying to find new ways to reimagine myself and kind of cultivate joy and trying to push through the sadness um, of of that clinical um, ailment. Yeah, depression. Mm. So, um, I, and, and and as I grew older, I mean, I had to make a decision: uh, Am I going to be sad and despondent for the rest of my life? And I know it sounds, it doesn't even sound insensitive because it's my reality, and I lived yeah, it, yeah. and I live it, I live through it every day. I mean, it creeps up on you when you wake up. I mean, negotiating yourself into every single day, slowly getting out of bed self-motivating, I know the struggles and the darkness and despondency that depression uh, presents itself as. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really tried to see with my storytelling abilities and, you know, my curiosity about human behavior, um, how do we create a space where we reimagine healing? Because I think also the conversation around therapy is a very myopic conversation. It's a Western concept. Um, where, you know, a lot of our people, KG, don't know what it is to go and sit in front of a therapist and talk about their problems. But we have different ways of healing ourselves. You know, Mama Betu will start playing R&B and will summon us to clean and go wash the blankets and take down the curtains and spring clean the house and... Those are all things that we have adopted and employed as these therapeutic mechanisms to, you know, cultivate joy and a sense of uh, fulfillment for ourselves. Mm. So it was really about seeing how do we come about with a content-driven platform where people can really self-author their own healing journey, um, whilst getting obviously the professional help that is also very important to kind of locate how you're wired, um, how it informs your behaviour, mm. what are some of the externalities that inform all of those things, but also how you take a sense of self-reliance and you tap into your agency to author your own healing path. So that's uh, how Safe came about.
1: What is the name of the app, by the way? safe space. Safe space. Uh, yes. But, but, the, but the challenge will always be, at least for us as South Africans, we're living in a world, uh, you know, where apps are a way of life, uh, but connectivity remains a multifaceted problem in our country. Um, and with the work that you do as an advisory board member uh, at the EZIC or Connect, which is an Eastern Cape-based public Wi-Fi net network, how are you bridging the gap to ensure that connectivity challenges are a thing of the past and anyone who faces similar challenges, uh, for example, uh, with uh, depression uh, in, in in the Eastern Cape area or anywhere really in South Africa, uh, doesn't struggle with issues of connectivity because, uh, you know, I love the work of the app, but, uh, you know, an app is useless mm. if you don't have connectivity
0: Absolutely. And I think that's what, uh, you know, uh, uh, drew me into Ego connect um, I'm very proud of, um, you know, uh, Ayabo who's actually one of your colleagues there at SABC, um, who came about uh, with this opportunity to look at connectivity in a rural Eastern Cape, um and um really as a response to our developmental challenges like you say because uh the world is moving uh, through this technological lens and we're leaving some of our people behind Um, And you're right when you speak about connectivity as something that does um, exacerbate um, some of those inequalities in our society. So the beauty of the kind of work that I've done and the diversification of that work is that in my evolution as a radio practitioner, I found myself in the commercial environment in radio. And I learned about the business of radio. Um, We all know that radio is a free medium. That's why it's still one of the most loved traditional uh, media uh, platforms uh, because of that accessibility. Um, But also it has to keep its lights on and pay you and me, KG, um, through advertising. So we sell that airtime. And the same goes for finding these kind of alternatives of connectivity. Um, how do you commercialize and go to the market and sell human-centric concepts such as a safe space, such as, as an Ezekiel Connect hotspot um, rollout in uh, you know a rural Eastern Cape to enable that content to meet the people that need it the most to bridge some of those inequalities. So it's really about reverse engineering and using commercial um, capital market um, exposure to fund and sustain and maintain these infrastructures, whether it be an app or in hotspot, um, you know, a rollout like an Eco Connect um, to give free access to, um, you know, uh, obviously that information and connectivity to the world.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, South Africa's developmental challenges are big. Just today, uh, statistics South Africa re- released really um, depressing statistics around issues of unemployment. Right, mm. uh, the, the challenges we face can they be solved, or should we just forget it and and do a and every man gion okay, for himself, as the Afrikaners would say, uh, and every every man for himself, and you figure it out and forget one or depending on government to help you figure it out? Mm, mm.
0: Uh, look, that's a very complex one for me because I am on the fence about it. And I mean, I'm a development enthusiast. I, I I recognize and appreciate the role of development as just a discipline that I think we should all navigate our professional work through, right? Because we are in a young democracy. Um, I don't know for how long we'll say we're young. Uh, but it seems that we are still in our infancy if we look at um, those inequality and disparity issues that you speak of. Yes. Um, And definitely people are very despondent because they haven't uh, realised a lot of the democratic project ideals that were promised to them. Mm. Um, And I think that's a a leadership erosion issue, Um, and I think the, the issue around leadership has been under the spotlight for many years now. We've seen it in full view with the State Capture Commission of inquiry and many other incidences that have really revealed to us that there are governance cracks within our you know state machinery, and that has you know found expression in how the regular citizen finds themselves disempowered. Um, it's not for lack of will. Kg, I think South Africans are very innovative. They have ideas. They are actually very self-sufficient, and they know what needs to be done to build communities and lives that are uh, lives that resemble or, or symbolize uh, dignity and integrity. But certainly those structural issues uh, are the ones that have kind of relegated us to these people that say, mm. um, one, you know, each man for themselves, God for us all. Um, but I think we have a responsibility as media practitioners, as people who enjoy some, some proximity to power, or just even who enjoy a knowledge base that is vast mm. and deep when it comes to the ideation of how uh, how a state ought to function for the betterment of society. Um, we have the responsibility to stand in the gap for those who have no sense of hope because yeah. um, they haven't experienced Um, some of those ideals tangibly. So our role really is always to look at the work that we do through that developmental lens um, to take ourselves out of that rut of saying it's one man for himself. I mean, I think a democratic project needs collective thinking and collective effort, Mm. but we need to create enabling environments for people to feel empowered and confident to own their democracy and their own path path finding um, for for, for self-determination.
1: Yeah, and and leave some sort of... legacy uh you know because uh, be, because that's at least the responsibility we have while we're here i want to go to break because like you said we have to uh you know uh, 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 uh Pay pay the bill pay the bills so that you and me can get paid. But uh, before I go to break, ooh, I, I, lo- I lost her. Uh, but hopefully we, we can get her back. And then I, I go to break. smongile uh, Gangla is uh, the Tuesday profile. She's a researcher, a content producer, a policy academic, and MSG Africa's commercial and stakeholder relations manager. We'll come back uh, with her in a short while.
0: You are listening to KG Muegezi on SFM.
1: 941, uh, we are in uh, the last part of our Tuesday profile, and uh, we're profiling researcher, content producer, policy academic, and MSG, Africa's commercial stakeholder relations managers, Bongi Ganga. We were having a discussion about the democracy project and uh, development, and, and, and it's, it's not lost to me that you're from the Eastern Cape, right? Uh, let's talk about a bit, a bit, about why a province that has produced, uh, I mean, uh, the the Eastern Cape has produced how many pr- president in our country in democratic South Africa two right uh, the only mm. province in the country to uh, produce two presidents and and it has uh, great singers amazing media personalities and, and yet it's you, you, they're all here in Gauteng uh, most of them mm. it in itself is still struggling with something a- as basic for example as water supply right yeah. as as Eastern Capers. Um, You know, what what do you make of this? And uh, (laughs) uh, uh, how do you think, or what do you think, can alleviate the problems of your province?
0: (laughs) Oh, do you have all night?
1: (laughs) Um, Don't be scared, go for it.
0: No, not at all. I mean, we've just, I mean, before the break, we spoke about some of the work that I've tried to do. Uh, to pay it forward for my home province. Um, in, in, in whatever shape or form that has been through for instance Iziko Connect which is trying to connect rural Eastern Cape to the rest of the world and empowering them with all kinds of utility content uh, to shape new realities and futures for themselves in those spaces given again like you say some of those infrastructural um, cracks that are that exist in the Eastern Cape um, and I think look for me I won't, I won't lie to you TG. it's something that glares me in the face every time I go back home because um, you you see it, you see the poverty, you see the inequality, you see the underdevelopment of the space, yet the talent um, that exists, that is thriving in, you know, urban and economic hubs of this country um, comes from the Eastern Cape. Mm. Um, So, and I think for me, we can't speak about this without giving it context And the context is really the migration project that was circumstantial and structural and systemic. Um, The Eastern Cape is, you know, um, is is really founded or defined by that migration project uh, where it, it happened before predating us. Um And again, because that has created the brain drain, right? Mm. Um So ours was to always understand that you study hard and you go to a a a Kaapa, a, 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 a Durban mm. um, to build a better life for yourself because you can see around you there's scarcity everywhere. Mm. Um so I think for us, uh, people who are intentional about these things and we reflect and we take some level of responsibility, um, our work is to see, even if we've set up our lives in these big economic metros, how do we pay it forward for our you know, home province? Mm. And I think it's through efforts such as any or such as a safe space that says, I'm going to make mental health um, appropriate, culturally appropriate um, uh, make it accessible mm. to you, where you are, and I can give you exposure to the world, and you can map up your world, map out your world of knowledge wherever you are, in a corner in the Eastern Cape, um, to forge a better life, what you imagine, and and create a better life for yourself. So I think it's about the intersection between uh, individual pursuit for excellence and success, and the self-preservation that informs that experience. Um, and then, of course, the collective public value of your hometown to make sure that you don't leave others behind you. So I think I can't speak for, you know, those that came before me, but I think, you know, people like myself and uh, my friends and colleagues who are of the same same mindset can really do something quite impactful in bringing those brains together, bringing those connections and networks together to do something that takes our province one step further.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, look, thank you uh, for your time. Uh, and clearly there's a lot of work to be done, uh, but uh, you're young, you're energetic, you're driven, uh, you're focused and you're inspired. So uh, it, it would be nice to hear uh, in five years' time if I were to ever have a conversation with you again, uh, the kinds of things uh, that uh, you will have done then. Thank you so much. And uh, remind us again of uh, your socials and the name of the app.
0: So the name of the app is Safe Space. It's currently under the development spec uh, phase just to see its functionality so that we give our users the best experience possible. Um, so those details will be out very, very soon, as soon as we're done with that uh, phase. Uh, but you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm only on LinkedIn at the moment. Um, Good and for you. Is, Peace of yeah. mind is
1: very important.
0: Mental health, once again. <laughs> yeah. Once again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to funnel or. Uh, you know, channel those energies in the right direction. So LinkedIn is a very uh, positive space for me uh, for networking. So my name is Subongi Netanga on LinkedIn. You can find me there.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you to the... Uh, thank, you, thank, you. thank you. Have a great evening. Uh, thank you to uh, the team of the show. Uh, it's uh, book reading time on uh, The Viewpoint.